I'm Don Durham, and welcome to Patent Pod. Given all of the decisions and people involved in deciding what an appropriate special education program looks like for a student, it's not surprising that there may be times where we have some differing opinions. Many of these disagreements can be resolved at the local level between families and schools, but there are some situations where the involvement of a neutral third party may be beneficial and helpful to all parties involved. Joining us today, is the Director of the Bureau of Special Education, Carol Clancy. Program Manager for the Pennsylvania Office of Dispute Resolution, Sam Podlowski. And Director of Parent Advising for the Peel Center, Cindy Dooch. Welcome all of you to Patent Pod. We're excited you're here today. Sam, if I can just kind of start with you and just thinking about this entire process of developing an individualized education program for a student with a disability, it's a team approach. And that team can be quite extensive. When we're coming together as that team, we have an option for an IEP facilitation or facilitator to be present. Just help us in understanding what is an IEP facilitator and why might that be a benefit in the process? Sure. So IEP facilitation is an option that's available to both parents and school staff when the team feels that it would be valuable to have a trained neutral person, the IEP facilitator, attend the IEP meeting. It's not something that's necessary at every IEP meeting, um, but it may be beneficial at those IEP meetings where team members have difficulty communicating and solving problems collaboratively. The goal of a facilitated IEP is the same as at any IEP meeting. It's to develop an appropriate IEP for the student. The facilitator is not part of the IEP team. Um, so the decisions about what's included in that IEP remain with the parents and the school. But the facilitator is there to assist and support with that process. At a facilitated IEP meeting, the facilitator will encourage collaboration and support the team in discussions about the IEP. This could look a number of different ways. Um, it could be helping to create an agenda and ground rules for the meeting. It could mean assisting the IEP team with addressing conflicts that arise during that meeting, maybe helping team members to stay on task or mm -hmm. clarifying points of agreement and disagreement. Um, and overall, just helping to maintain open and constructive communication among all team members. Participating in a facilitation can help to build and improve communication among team members and parents and schools, um, which would improve team relationships both at that meeting and in the future. Um, and because facilitation encourages all the team members to share their perspectives and have input into the decision making, Participants in facilitation have reported high levels of satisfaction with the IEP development process and also the resulting IEP. Um, and that's because during the facilitation, conflicts are addressed and often resolved as they arise during the meeting, preventing disputes from escalating further. When we think about that, and I think there were some really great points that I just wanna kind of capture again. An IEP facilitator is not part of the team. They're really there as this neutral, and I'm glad that you had said trained, a trained indiv individual who's there kind of coming in from the outside to help with communication, to help keep um, the meeting and the team moving and on task, and really to help with any kind of clarifications or questions that may come up that need to be addressed right there in the moment. And I think those are some really key pieces 
of um, the IEP facilitation process and particularly that IEP facilitator. So thanks for making sure that we just understood and kind of clarified that role a little bit more for our viewers. So thanks for that. Cindy, if I can jump to you quickly here, when we think about um, if we have parties that are unable to come to an agreement, it, that certainly does happen, you know, that's the way it goes. How might we handle a situation like this when we do have this disagreement? I think what's important to remember is just like Sam said, um, this is a team that has to work together. They probably are going to work together at least for a year and sometimes more. So um, we really want to you have the team um, use the school, go to the school first with all the issues. So sometimes that means going outside of the team members and going to someone kind of higher in the chain of command within the district. So if the um, you know, LEA at the meetings is typically a principal. Maybe you want to approach the school district's special education director and have some information and involvement from that person. Um, if not, there's the superintendent or the assistant superintendent that might help the team out. Um, but beyond that, that's when you start wanna, wanting to look at what does the Office for Dispute Resolution offer as far as um, helping the communication on the team. And sometimes that's where we have the most difficulties with communication. Um, so bringing someone like an IEP facilitator in is going to help move that process along. And sometimes, you know, bring out the things that are really the issues um, within the team. So we wanna go up that, that chain of command and then, you know, then look at what else is offered in the Office of Dispute Resolution. So I think that's a great point to make, you know, go through the school first. And there are many folks or, or levels um, of who you can approach in the school. Perhaps it's outside the official IEP team, but there are those in the, in the school that can assist in this process, as well as with the um, Office of Dispute Resolution. Now, Carol, if you can kind of jump in and, and also kind of give your two cents on how do we handle disagreements when they come up in the IEP process. So um, once the uh, families have felt like they have either exhausted the system within the school or have um, gone through the chain of command, there are also numerous built-in systems within the state of Pennsylvania and the Bureau of Special Education to support parents through this process. Um, one is the consult line. Consult line is from ODR. Uh, where parents can call and they can seek some advice or seek some understanding of what the laws or the processes are to guide them in their communication with the school system if they aren't feeling as grounded as they, they feel would like to be. A second internal support um, within the state is we have an RA, an email account, where parents or guardians can send a concern into the bureau, comes directly to me, I read every single one of them, and then we um, have a, the chief or the advisor reach out to the parent and if appropriate, reach out to the school district and try to build a bridge of communication between the two entities. This has been extremely active and it results in very quick resolutions to the concerns. We are very uh, quick responders to that and it's been very beneficial during this time. There is also a formal complaint system that is also on the Bureau website that if parents feel compelled, they can um, file a formal complaint that the Bureau then would investigate. But of course, 
um, we really would recommend that all issues are resolved as close to the student as possible and that school districts and families try very hard to work collaboratively to resolve all differences, keeping the student at the center of the conversation. So one very important resource we really want to highlight is mediation. Mediation is designed to support this process before the communication breaks down between the parents and the school. Mediation is a way to have an independent party facilitate the conversation between the families and the school to support a mutual agreement. And this process keeps the family and the school community um, communicating and the control of that decision within that team. You had made, mentioned so many pieces there, but you, this one phrase you had said that I just, I wanna hold on to, we wanna keep it as close to the student as possible. I think that's such um, that, you know, I almost got chills when you said it because this is about the student. It's not about the families. It's not about the schools. It's about the child that we're talking about. And so I think that phrase, let's keep it as close to the student as possible is just crucial. And that's a key piece to understand. I do also appreciate that um, the Bureau has an email address where parents can send in an email and you had indicated you are, are kind of knee deep in that work that you do receive and read those emails and then kind of um, send them and delegate them to who's best and, and most appropriate to address those situations. And so I'm glad to hear, and I think our families will also be glad to hear that they have a direct connection to you if needed. That consult line is, that's a helpline for parents and families and guardians to really reach out to. So I'm glad we talked about that. You talked about mediation and Sam, I'm going to jump over to you here. Um, coming that from ODR, the Office of Dispute Resolution, how successful is mediation? Let's let me. I want to really be honest with each other, especially in Pennsylvania. How successful are these attempts? All right. So, um, creative problem solving is kind of a hallmark of special education mediation, um, and the mediators under contract with ODR have a long track record of assisting parents and schools in reaching agreement. So, over the past five years, parties have reached agreement at mediation almost seventy-eight percent of the time. One of the many benefits of mediation um, and the reason that it, it is so successful is because that the parties, the ones who know the students best, work collaboratively with the support of the mediator um, to make the important decisions about the student's educational program together. So when both the parents and the school agree on a decision during that mediation session, that decision is written into a mediation agreement, which becomes a legally binding document. The agreement is created by both parties together um, with the assistance of that neutral mediator. Um, and because it's created together, it leaves all the participants more satisfied and in agreement with the outcome of that mediation. So as I just mentioned, over the last five years, 78% of mediations have been successful. Um, but even if a mediation does not result in a written agreement, the process can still help to establish positive communication between the parties. Um, during mediation, parents and school participants have the opportunity to express their points of view and listen to other points of view. The mediator ensures that they do this uninterrupted um, and that their points of view are clear. Um, so having a mediator to facilitate these types of conversations can help the parties move forward, whether it's during or after the mediation session. Um, and also throughout the session, the mediator is going to model positive problem solving practices and encourage productive conversations amongst the parties, which can help the team foster a better working relationship and all allow the participants to approach future problems in a way that will result in less conflict. 
Um, so both the high success rate and those numerous benefits of the process, um, you know, in my opinion, show that mediation is really something to strongly consider if a conflict regarding a child's special education program would arise. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I'm so um, excited to hear that there is a high success rate, particularly in Pennsylvania, for mediation. We know disagreements are going to occur, uh, and that, that's the nature of the process. And keeping it close to the child, keeping it at the school level, and when needed, bringing in a third um, neutral party and going through an, a mediation process with this mutual agreement when we're done um, really helps in understanding that there are ways in which we can address any concerns that come up at the team level. And I think that's just wonderful to highlight. I, I want to just stick with this mediation for just another moment, if I may. Carol, I understand that there have been some recommendations to the mediation process proposed by the SEEP Council or the Special Education Advisory Panel. Could you just briefly share with us those recommendations for mediation? Sure. Historically, in the state of Pennsylvania, the only parties that were permitted um, during the mediation was the family and the school employees. Mm -hmm. PA, PA, however, was one of um, very few states that had this rule and that did not allow attorneys in mediation. However, if a parent secures legal representation prior to going to mediation, it's very unlikely that the attorney would recommend to even consider mediation because they weren't permitted to be in the room. As a result of that dynamic, the Special Education Advisory Panel made a recommendation to the Bureau of Special Education to permit, to permit attorneys um, to be at the mediation. The advisory panel felt that they wanted to provide as many options as possible to support the successful resolution of the conflicts with the anticipation of reducing any costs not associated with servicing the child. They minimally wanted to provide parents the choice, the option. So as of March 1st, 2021, Pennsylvania will permit parents to bring attorneys to mediation. School districts may only bring their representation if the parent is represented. I think that's, uh, that's such an important piece. It's really about giving the parents options. It's about, and, and the, the panel, that special advisor, um, special education advisory panel, SEEP, as we commonly refer to it, uh, you know, really is, is recognized that the parents needed more options. The families and the guardians needed a way that if they had already obtained legal representation, that the, those representatives could be at the table to assist. Um, and I think that's an important piece. And you had said, am I correct, March 1st of 2021, that will go into effect as the, as the practice um, for mediation process in Pennsylvania. Correct. Excellent. I think that's a good piece to, to highlight. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. I want to just kind of wrap up by, by thinking about if I am a parent listening and viewing this podcast episode here, Carolyn, we'll start with you. Um, or, you know, Cindy, let me jump to you because I know you're from the advisory panel here. So if I may, if I'm a parent listening, how do I go about inquiring or asking for assistance or asking for help. Just kind of run me through that process real quick. And then Carol, I'm gonna to jump to you for your input as well. Um, so Cindy, if you could just kind of start us off. The Peel Center, um, which Peel stands for Parent Education Advocacy Leadership, is the Parent Train Information Center for Pennsylvania. Um, if you look through IDEA, um, you know, and you're 
time off or something. <laughs> um, there, there is a mandate that every state have a parent training and information center to assist families. And this is what the Peel Center does, either through training or individual assistance to families. So in doing that, we try to um, kind of coach the family into understanding that, you know, what their rights the child has and, you know, working as part of a team. Um, I think one thing that's come out of, of, you know, the conversation today is that the, um, the communication is so important mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, disagreements are going to come out of that, um, that, that difficulty in communicating. Um, so, you know, I would look to the Peel Center to um, offer the information that families might need to get through the process. Um, and we're always available. And otherwise, you know, think about or visit the ODR Office for Dispute Resolution website to see what the options there are. And, you know, this is, um, these, these problems will be resolved. Uh, but, you know, going back to what Carol said, I think we want to keep that Keep that close, preserve relationships, and um, go to those lower level dispute resolution, alternate dis dispute resolution processes, and allow those to work first. So, you know, I think that's something that our families and our guardians and parents need to understand is the Peel Center, that's really about educating and coaching families. That's what, you know, that's that's why we're, we're there for them. And I think that's a key piece. So thank you for that. Carol, if you can just kind of add your, your input there on for parents and families and guardians who are listening, where do they go and how do they help? How do they get the help and guidance that they need? Yeah, so I think we listed quite a few uh, mm -hmm. resources for families during this process, and there's there's just multiple places for parents to seek support if they um, don't feel like they know enough to navigate the system, because it can be a very difficult system. But I think that thought I would like to leave uh, the group with right now is that collaboration is, is so critical. Within this very difficult time, Pennsylvania, families and schools have done an exceptional job of collaborating during this process. Everybody has not always agreed. Everything has not been smooth for the entire time, but we are living during a very uh, historical moment within education. So it creates a lot of uncertainty. However, um, we want to be sure, all of us, that when this time is beyond us, and it will be beyond us, that we look back and we're just very proud of all of our efforts to support students with disabilities in Pennsylvania. And that only can come from compassion and collaboration between all of us. A lot of understanding from schools to home and from homes to school that we are all in just a very challenging time. So recognizing number one, that we are all working through this challenging time together. And the more we continue to do so, the more we can feel unified in our efforts and the stronger our system will be for our most precious children, our students with disabilities. I love that compassion and collaboration. I think that's a great note to kind of leave today with. So I thank you so much for that. Thank you all of you for being on Patent Pod to kind of help us understand IEP facilitation, mediation, and how we really handle disagreements that may come up. And I'll just briefly say, let's keep it as close as we can to the children, to the student that we're really talking about. Thank you again for being on Patent Pod today. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate the opportunity. 
Thank you to all of you in the field. You are truly an inspiration and continue to be inspiring to everyone. Thank you again for so much for the work that you do. A special thank you to John Ragsdale for producing this podcast. We'll see you next time on Patent Pod. Thank you.